0: Let's get off together. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast, Monday, November 14th. Excited to have you all here today. I'm going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart that I've talked about a few times on the podcast so far, and that is the difference between symptoms and problems. Symptoms and problems are very different things, and the way that we're trained in the West to address things is that we we typically address the symptom and not the problem, and we we do this in, in everything. Our medicine, um, that's the biggest example that comes to mind, and we do it in, in things like sobriety and things like overeating and things like, you know, what do we do when people are overweight? We put them on a diet, right? Like that's a that's addressing a symptom. Um, we handle things like addiction by addressing the symptoms. We, we create programs to address symptoms. And symptoms are not problems. They're symptoms of problems. And a lot of you know, I had a very easy time with sobriety. I am i'm just going to come out and say it i don't think about my sobriety Uh, i think about it sometimes when i sit down to record the get the fuck off podcast because i realize that a lot of my uh, audience are uh, people that would like to either not drink or drink less but i don't go through my day thinking i'm sober like, it's not something that, like, pops into my conscious awareness. It's it's not something that ever really comes up. In fact, the only time that I ever wish that I was still drinking is when I am at airports. And... What is that? Is that a problem? No, it's a symptom of a problem. Because what is the problem that surfaces when I'm at airports? One, control issues. I don't like to get on airplanes because I have to relinquish control. Control of my body. Control of my proximity to the earth. Control of my ability to navigate myself through space. So there's one, that's that's a problem. And the second thing is that I have a fear of, of leaving this earth, of dying. I have attachment. And that's a problem. So how does that manifest in the airport? I want to drink and not feel this. I want to drink and not, a, not address this problem. <laughs> like that's how it comes up. Drinking isn't a pro- isn't a problem. it's a symptom of a problem and, and most of us address symptoms rather than addressing the problem. Now I had a very easy time with sobriety because number one, I began my recovery two years, almost almost two years before I began my sobriety. Most people do it the other way around. They get sober and then they move into recovery. But my recovery really started when my ex-boyfriend left me at the airport in the middle of the night in January of 2018. and I got sober almost two years later so it was the end of December day after Christmas 2019 so it was almost two full years if it had been like a few more weeks it would have been two full years later those two years were two years of recovery for me they were two years of recovering Who I am, right? Like if your computer crashes or your phone crashes, what do we do? We recover it. Well, that's what recovery is in a human. Like you're recovering parts of who you were, your highest and greatest self. I started recovering bits of my highest and greatest self two years before I decided, you know what? I'm not going to drink alcohol anymore. Like I, I decided that. So that was one of the things that helped me. But the second thing that helped me was that I was going about rec- my sobriety the same as lots of people go about their sobriety. I was re- I was reading books about how to put things down, like I was reading about the science of alcohol. Like I was, I was saying I was counting, you know, days. I had an app in my phone. And I was counting days. I don't count days now, but I did in the beginning for the reinforcement because I had quit smoking already. So I had learned the strategies of putting down a habit I learned about reinforcement I learned about making it visible I learned about motivation I learned about consistency I learned about like positive self-talk I learned about like all of those things when I was quitting smoking so I I started to do that and then two months into my uh, sobriety I received a book from my friend Andy called Loyalty to Your Soul which explained to me about unresolved issues. This is a book on spiritual psychology and it talked about unresolved issues being anything that disturbs your peace and one of the things that actually stood out to me the most in that book was uh, from memory. Um, They were talking about, um, they were talking about, Ron and Mary Holnick were the names of the people that wrote the book and they were talking about People that are overweight and want to release the weight. And they can come up with a strategy, a goal line strategy for doing that. But until they work through the deeper stuff that led them to be overweight, the weight will return. And then they also mentioned alcohol. And the Jimmy Breslin quote, when you stop drinking, you have to deal with the marvelous personality that got you drinking in the first place. And I was like, holy fuck, this isn't, my drinking isn't a problem. It's a fucking symptom. It's not a problem at all. And when I became aware that it was a symptom and not a problem, I could look around and I could see the problems, and I was like, "I want to drink." Okay, well, what's the problem? Not, I want to drink. I have a problem with alcohol. I want to drink. What's the real problem? I want to drink. What's the real problem? I want to drink. What's the real problem? Like, that was the 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 shift in my in my inner world that happened, and I started to look deep, and I started to look deep into myself for the the problems that were causing this behavior to manifest and that is not the way that we're taught to do things in the west like our western model of recovery is the 12 steps which is like has a very low success rate you can look that up and um the low success rate and it, it focuses like there's a, there's some solid elements in there like I believe in community I believe in it so much I started my own um we're not a recovery community we're we're a coaching community but I believe in community I believe that's a necessity so I think that that's very valuable but like the idea that people are powerless like recovery is the opposite you're moving more into your power not fucking giving it up so I don't know where that all comes from but like leaving people walking around the world thinking that there's something wrong with them I mean like I don't follow disease model like there is science that backs up that addiction is the result of habitual excessive use over time there are genetic predispositions to pretty much everything but like this like addiction is the result of habitual excessive use over time you don't just go have a beer and all of a sudden oh I'm an addict now oh boy like no like um, if any of you guys uh, want resources on that you can just visit getthefuckoff.com and you can you can search through my content and I, I explain that in a number of episodes so I didn't follow a traditional recovery model I was like let me just fucking figure this out so that I can get back to myself. Let me just fucking figure this out. Let's get in here. Let's figure it out. And I started uh, addressing the problems and not the symptoms. Now, I'm bringing this up because I wanted to talk to you about some stuff that has happened in my life recently. And then I want to talk to you about some stuff that's exciting for all of you going – going forward some stuff I'm going to be doing but that's not going to be until the end of the podcast so the the exciting thing that's been happening in my life recently is as you guys know last November so almost a year ago get the fuck off will be two years old next week I'm very excited about that like the get the fuck off podcast turns two next week holy balls um but as you guys know, this is the first year that I am only working for myself and I'm not working for anyone else. And if you, like, this is a, a quote that I actually grabbed from Brendan Burchard. Um, I attend one training a month with him as part of my, uh, I host my group in a place called Circle and uh, Brendan is involved and invested in Circle. So be, with that um With that subscription that I have to host my group, I get a training with him a month. He was talking about what's the first step in building a business? uh, Personal development. Why does he say that? Because you got to work through your crap. Like when you go to go work for yourself, all of a sudden, every unresolved issue that you have that keeps you from doing that pops up immediately. Like anytime you go to do a new thing that you haven't done before, your crap comes front and center, front and center like your crap it's your crap is there (laughs) like here's your crap a lot of the reason that I not only never did this before but also never moved to have a different type of career was because of my limiting beliefs around money and lack. And I grew up in that, you know, I had like unresolved issues from childhood about that, um, stuff that happened with my family and I had unresolved issues from adolescence about that, um, stuff that happened just in the world that convinced me of a story that wasn't real. Now, I, of course, this is operating in my subconscious. So I don't have any conscious awareness of this. But the symptoms that manifest and the things that show up in your life are showing you that you either are in the all clear or there's something that's unresolved. If there's fear, if there's worry, if there's panic, that's not, that's not anything other than a limiting belief like that is one of your limiting beliefs that are appearing because two people can do the exact same thing and one of them will be successful and one of them will not be and the reason is because the one that is not has limiting beliefs and the limiting beliefs will show up in all sorts of ways and you'll see them like you will see them like I don't have limiting beliefs around voice or confidence or self-esteem or things like that otherwise I wouldn't have produced over 90 podcast episodes. (laughs) But like I wouldn't – I wouldn't be showing up here regularly because I would be second-guessing myself and I'd be like, oh my god, people don't care what I have to say. I'm so stupid. Like I don't – I don't have those thoughts. Like those thoughts – I don't have limiting beliefs in that area. So that's one of the areas where I'm fortunate. I don't have limiting beliefs. But I did have limiting beliefs in other areas which showed up which I had to work through. And – The piece that I was – I've talked to you guys about my uh, childhood beliefs around money and and lack and things that developed early in life. But I didn't realize that I had them um, in my adolescence as well. And that was uh, um, some inner work that I've done recently. And uh, you know, it's important. Like as we're going through life, it's important to uncover those stones and and to – understand the stories that we're telling about who we are and why we are the way that we are. A lot of people grow up in like socially repressed areas and like the church will have a big influence on them as they go through life. They might have uh, ideas about their body or sex that that they might have learned from the church. Now, I didn't grow up in the church. So like I don't have those weird, uh, I'm not going to say weird. I'm saying weird because it's weird to me. Like I didn't grow up indoctrinated into religion. So like those things aren't present in my experience. But I have worked with women where they are present in their experience because of their upbringing Um, and things that we carry with us through life and our validity as humans like people that are part of the LGBTQIA plus community and the way that even though they can move to more liberal areas areas of full acceptance and yet and yet like that that young programming is still so omnipresent in their experience and the way that people still are like the way that they're hateful and like you know there are larger systemic things at place um for all of us and and the more marginalized you are the more those systemic things are playing into your experience there's like the the large overlooming um things obviously like we have systemic racism in the United States and those are things that are that are very obvious to us like right like okay like obviously it is much harder to be a black man than a white woman right like this is so obvious and yet there are things that are not as obvious like there are things that are not as obvious micro things in your experience as a human that you can't sometimes always pinpoint where it comes from because it's deep, deep, deep in your subconscious. So there isn't um, an obvious reason to you why you're behaving the way that you are like behaving, like why you're allowing someone to tell you that you're not good enough or why you're choosing to believe that you're not good enough or why you're choosing to live under the influence of a system. Like if it's a big system, it's like, okay, it's very obvious that this big system is acting upon me. But is it that obvious for smaller things? This is kind of what I'm getting into in terms of the symptoms that are popping up for you and like the, the things that are showing up in your experience. So something that was showing up in my experience, I've, I've been, you know, obviously I'm very committed to my own growth and my own recovery and my own work. And the stories that I started kind of telling about myself when I was 15, 16 years old came from... Um, A number of people and a number of factors that were of course uh, socioeconomic and they had a lot to do with the area that I grew up in and the people that were so heavily oppressed by that area and I didn't realize that into my late 30s, I was carrying that story, so I did some deep work, and you know, I am very big in personal. Development. I, I believe in the work that I do, so I do it myself. And um, I did some deep work, and here's where I'm going to get back into symptoms versus problems. I did this deep work, and I and I started working to resolve a lot of these, a lot of these deeper things. Um, granted, that it's not a giant amount of. Um, Actually, I'm going to take that back. It is. It is giant because like there was a heavy, heavy influence on lower middle class slash working class people that were um, attributing to my beliefs from my formative years. And what has been happening um, lately, unfortunately, in my, my own experience is that I am watching Over the last few years, over the last few years, I've been watching people that I've known when I was much younger, people that I spent time with socially or or just knew, um, just knew, um, have been passing away, and uh, a lot of people, particularly from back home, and it's been like really um, eye opening to me about the shift that I made from from back then till now, and the way that I decided to take my life. In a different direction, and the way that I, you know, and the choices that I made. So I really started kind of working through these these beliefs that were the result of people and uh, that I spent time with, and places that I spent time in. Those very important years, those those years where I was um, maturing, going through puberty, like things like that. And as I was doing that work recently. I felt very liberated in all of that. And I felt that energetically I could allow more into my experience. Like I was feeling like I could allow more. And then I, I'm this is the wildest part. This is gonna go back to like symptoms versus problems. This is so fucking wild, guys. I, I can't even tell you how fucking wild this is. After I did that work, I woke up one day and I thought, I gotta get this shit out of my apartment. There is shit here. There is shit here. Now your subconscious knows things about your reality that your conscious mind is not aware of, right? So like your conscious mind is like, I, I want to have a drink. Your subconscious mind is like, I know all the reasons why I don't want to deal with this particular thing right now. But your conscious mind is like, I want to have a drink, right? So that's that's the symptom showing up to the problem that's in your subconscious. Well, after I had worked through a lot of these adolescent um, shit like like adolescent shit not childhood shit adolescent shit um and sometimes and most people by the way cannot do this on their own including myself i i work with people i work with other people i work with coaches um and you know most of us need mirrors we absolutely need mirrors we can't see our own crap we cannot see our own crap i can't emphasize this to you enough you can't see see your own crap you can get better at seeing your own crap so after years of doing the work you'll get better at it. In the beginning, you don't even know where your crap is. Like your crap is in there, you don't know where it is. So I started, I saw this crap, I started working through it. And what happened was I was like, I got to get the shit out of my apartment. And all of a sudden I was like, that drawer is full. I need to get rid of the shit in that drawer. Well, this is kind of a long story, but what I realized was that I had been hoarding things in my apartment that were tied to who I used to be. I had, and I live in 150 square feet. Most of you know that I live in a single room occupancy building in New York City. I don't have a kitchen. It's 150 square feet. The rent is good. I'm probably not going to move, right? I've been hoarding shit. And I didn't even know that that shit was there. Because the amount of physical space it took up was minuscule. But I opened this drawer. And all of this shit was in it. I mean, I'm talking, I had receipts I can't tell you how many receipts I had. I was hoarding ties to the me that I used to be. I mean, I had receipts from Olani's, which is the bar that I was a regular at in Times Square for like 10 or 11 years. I had receipts from Olani's from 2012, 13, 14, 17. I had receipts from like all of these places that I had gone to. Every single place that I had stopped on my road trip, not just one road trip, but Two road trips. I had more shit from Bubba Gump. I worked at Bubba Gump for, you guys know, 11 years. I had so much shit from Bubba Gump. I had my new higher orientation packet. And I think that the biggest thing is the receipts, because there were receipts in that packet. Like we had to take a test which taught us on the point of sale system. Like we had a point of sale system and you had to go through like a a training to use it. And I had already known how to use it because I had used, it was called Aloha and I had used that before. I had to go through this training. And when you're going through the training, it prints out receipts. I kept the receipts. Guys, the receipts were from 2008. I had the receipts from 2008. I went into my, I have a safe in my apartment where I keep documents and things like that. I had receipts from things that I bought In 2007, I had a receipt from my BlackBerry from 2007. I had coupons to get a digital TV converter box from 2009. I had receipts from every, like, I just, they they were just there. I didn't even know that they were there. And the reason that I'm telling you I didn't know that they were there was because my subconscious knew they were there. And when I worked through... Some of this shit, my subconscious was like, why are you hoarding all of this stuff from past lives here in this box? You have shit that needs to be thrown away. For days, I started throwing shit away. I had, even, I didn't even have any idea that the shit was here. But my subconscious knew it was like, that shit's there. That shit's there. And it's time for you to fucking get rid of it. It's time for you to fucking get rid of it. It's there. Get rid of it. And it was like, it, it was just... Mind-blowing to me that for years I woke up and went about my day with all this shit here that I didn't even realize was here. It took me a week to get all the Bubba Gump shit out of here. Every time I found a new pile of shit, more shit would appear. It was like, it was almost comical, the amount of shit. Notes that people wrote to me. I mean, and on top of that, like I had kept every business card that I ever received because back in the day, because I'm, I'm old, you know, so like back in the day, people used to like, especially men used to give you their business cards and they'd write like their cell phone number on their work business card. And then you'd call it, you know, when I, like I didn't have texting until I was like 22 years old and, um, crazy, crazy shit. And I had all these business cards. I kept every business card that I had since I was like 20. I had wallets filled with business cards. And thank God that I went through each and every piece of paper because there was a piece of paper in one of my wallets that had my social written on it. My social was written on this piece of paper. Because, you're going to ask, like, do you not know your social? Well, when I was 20, I didn't know my social. No, I had to call my mommy and ask say, Mom. What's my social so that I could give it to this, this thing or so that I could apply for this, this thing? Like, I don't fucking know. She probably gave me the social. I wrote it down, stuck it in one of those old wallets. Could you imagine if I just took that thing and threw it in the trash? outside I had to go through every single fucking piece of paper it was written on a piece of paper I mean there was like every museum that I went to I kept the the little flyer that they gave you I kept that every single place that I ever went kept the little thing that they gave you I kept hotel room keys from circa like 2015 they're they're still showing up like I go through things and there's like oh there's another hotel room key god knows where I got that like and and I realized that my subconscious was just hanging on to life like bit by bit by bit You know, I think I talked earlier because now I've been talking for 22 minutes. So I already forgot what I said 22 minutes ago. But I was talking about like the symptoms of drinking, right? Going to the airport and wanting to drink at the airport. And is that a problem? No, it's a symptom. Fear of death, right? Fear of death is the problem that pops up. Well, what do people who are afraid to die do? They hold on to evidence that they were alive. Like they they hoard evidence memories of their existence they want to know that their existence matters right like they they want to make sure like oh my life is important and people who are afraid to die do that shit so as you address the problem and the problems for me were you know different fears and also like the stories that I started telling in my adolescence Growing up in a lower class slash working class area, having a lot of friends that grew up living below the poverty line, like going to a school that had like 2,000 people, kindergarten through 12th grade, lower middle class values being taught to me. Remember, I have a master's degree in sociology. So like the socioeconomic implications of what's going on in my existence is very clear in my awareness. That's not the typical for most people. Like this is actually a big part of my work. Um, My a big part of my uh, one-on-one coaching is identity work and also um, addressing how macro-level systems contribute to individual arrested development. This is a, such a huge part of my work because I'm so aware of it in my experience. I'm so, so aware of it. Like any person, um, like, like there's, there's obvious things, like I mentioned earlier. Like there are these obvious things. And then there are things that are not so obvious. Like, you might think that you like to eat cereal for breakfast, but you don't really like to eat cereal for breakfast. Like, you were taught to eat cereal by the food guide pyramid that taught you that all of these grains should be a part of your diet. And why was that? Because the government constructed it that way to endorse having government subsidies in schools. Um, you can look that up. <laughs> That's a – I did a – I could can, I can get some sources for you, but I've definitely written about it in different blogs. Um Just everything that you eat during the day and why you eat it. Like that's not, that wasn't your choice. That was a result of a system. Like that was systemic. So knowing these things is very important. But your subconscious, your subconscious, as you work through the shit in your subconscious, the conscious mind will become aware of the things that are happening. And um, I highly recommend to you guys to read The Holographic Universe Um, the author I believe is Michael Talbot, but I don't remember the, like off the top of my head. Hang on, let me turn around and look. Yes, Michael Talbot. Michael Talbot, Holographic Universe. Um, that's a great book. I highly recommend that to you guys if you want to understand a little bit about the holographic nature of, and this is like a a scientific book. This is not a book of guesses or woo-woo shit. This is completely quantum physics related with documentation of actual studies, But this book uh, talks about the holographic nature of our minds and the universe and what it really talks about is, and it reinforces the idea that everything is energy. So if everything is energy and then if you're keeping things in your space, those things carry energy and your conscious mind might not even be aware. Now I'm not telling you guys to go and just start throwing your shit out. I'm trying to um, articulate or or display or show you that as you work through your crap, through your inner crap, your external world will change. Your body will change. Your appearance may change. Like if you look at pictures of me from 2015 until now, it's not just a weight change because I wasn't overweight my whole life. I was overweight for about like two to three years. Probably closer to five years, but like severely overweight, like two to three years. But there's just differences in my in my physical appearance. Like I just look different. I look like a different person and I looked more like this when I was like much younger. And like if you look at pictures from me when I was like much younger, there's there's a difference in my physical appearance. People's physical appearances will change. Your um your diet will just naturally change as you start to uh, Uh, work through your shit your behaviors will just naturally change listen to my story about recovery like I entered recovery two years before I got into sobriety to the point where I was like okay I'm ready I'm ready I don't want to do this anymore I think that that also happened with smoking I was like okay I'm ready I don't want to do this anymore I have a member of day one and she had said the same thing she's like yeah I was a professional smoker and then one day I was like I don't want to do this anymore Also, she changed geographical locations, which always helps because behavior and environment are tied together. Um, You guys can definitely have a conversation with me if you want to hear more about that. So, symptoms are not problems we must address the problems and not the symptoms in the west we're like our our bodies and our lives we treat like a leaky ship it's like oh there's a leak let me put a let me put a plug in the hole and then what happens like another hole okay let me put a plug in the hole like think think about people that are just having chronic illness what are the doctors doing they're not asking you what are your thoughts like What's your diet like? What's this like? They don't ask that shit. They're just like, here's a pill. Oh, that's not working anymore. Okay, here's another pill. Oh, that's not working anymore. And it's like, well, you know, you're still living in a state of undue chronic stress. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know what to tell you. I am going to link in this. I'm making a note for myself right now. I'm going to link to a YouTube video, um, Gabor Mate, Dr. Gaber Mate did, about this very thing. He speaks on it with much more authority than I do and um, I encourage you guys if you're if you're curious about additional resources to go give that a watch I'm not going to continue on with that much longer but we are about addressing the symptoms and not the problems if you move to address the problems which is the deeper work that I do um, you will have much more success in terms of all of those behavioral manifestations or your physical manifestations or the space that you live in, the body that you inhabit, all of that stuff will shift when you actually address the problems. So, okay, the last thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about is day one is reopening. And okay, before you before you kind of peace out because you don't think it's for you, I want to just tell you some things that I'm doing differently this time. So, The first couple of months, I did things in a way because I didn't understand that the way that I was communicating was in a completely different English than we've been taught in the West. Remember that my work is basically rewiring Western programming. Like the way that you were programmed to function just isn't serving. Like you were functioned to be an all or nothing perfect. Do one big effort and then don't do anything for months. Um, You were fun, you were trained to put a band-aid on a symptom rather than address a problem like you were trained to do all this stuff and uh, what I realized in the early um the earliest months of my group was that I was doing a, a a strategy that I had devised and I had resistance on both sides because I didn't at the outset explain the mindset um with any sort of um context you know and then I also didn't have any sort of reference materials now the second cohort was a little bit better because there was a lot of resources and I had an entire cohort of people that were there in practice of the mindset that had learned it that were doing it and that could help guide the way but what I didn't realize is that One of the biggest components of day one is masculine and feminine energy, which is not taught to us in the Western standardized education. The paradox of the doing and the being energy is not taught. We're only taught the doing part. We're only taught the masculine. And that is not our true nature like you need both pieces equally to be able to move forward I had a client once that said we're dreamers and not doers which meant an imbalance of feminine rather than masculine like if you have too much feminine then you will be caught up in the intuitive nature of what you want to do, but then you won't have the ability to put your, you know, pedal to the metal, thump, thump, and go do the masculine part. If you have an excess of masculine, you'll be all doing, but your intuition as to what to do will be completely shot, and you'll never be doing like inner exploration into your own experience so that masculine will over dominate but you won't be able to create anything because you're just going to be kind of like throwing pasta at the wall like you're just always doing and then it's just useless like no one gives a fuck about you um so you need a good balance right like you need a balance of the feminine intuitive and the masculine doing and I didn't communicate that effectively now I'm like I am I I, I don't know what your feelings on the guy is and this isn't you know I'm not a Twitter user but Elon Musk was talking about hey Twitter's gonna do a lot of stupid things in the next couple months we're gonna keep what works and change what doesn't I thought that tweet was so fucking brilliant and that's kind of how, how I was. And I, I was I felt very uh, validated by that. Because I told my, my founding members of day one. I'm like, listen, I'm trying things out. So we're going to see what works. And we're going to keep it. And then what doesn't work, we're going to get rid of it. So some of the stuff that worked... Um, I did keep and the stuff that didn't work, I got rid of. But one of the things that I noticed is that I didn't communicate in the earliest days that the balance, number one, exists. I just assumed they knew it existed. Well, they didn't know it existed. Um, So that was the first thing. And then the second thing was that I didn't teach the balance. And I didn't even realize this until really like just a couple of weeks ago when I had a conversation with somebody and she was like talking about this idea that she used to think that it was the thump thump like okay we have to have discipline we have to rigor we have to have this and we have to have that and then she said she realized that um it was actually the opposite you got to listen to your body and I said well actually it's both that the masculine and feminine right I said you know if a person's like 400 pounds that person does not have the ability to um be in tuned with their body like they don't know how to do that um I at almost 200 pounds didn't know how to do that. I needed masculine rigor, discipline, structure and an implementation of a strategy to occur and I had to do that for quite a long time before I was able to obtain intuitive cues from my body. I was an athlete for probably over a year before I understood how to interpret intuitive cues from my body and now it's to the point where it's almost unconscious like I just eat intuitively and I don't think about it and I don't count calories and I, don't, I haven't been on a diet in years and I'm literally incapable of gaining weight like I'm incapable of it I mean I sometimes I'll go to my mother's and I'll just be like I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I know and like I I'm incapable because even when I'm eating things that aren't nutrient dense my body tells me okay that's enough okay have that okay it's unconscious at this point people are like oh it must be nice nope just takes a lot of showing up but you do oftentimes have to start with the masculine thump-thump and you have to start with that masculine and then transition gradually over to the feminine where it's no longer an issue for you. And I think a lot of people are in that masculine stage where they're having to do, 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 do. And they feel like this is exhaustive. I can't hold on to this. I can't do this for the rest of my life. And so they just completely fall off rather than seeing it through to the understanding that you will eventually reach a point where the cells of your body are effectively communicating what they need to the mind and the mind is receiving that information and then the you know the the gut brain connection is restored um which doesn't always happen and i mean you have to really heal the gut for that to be able to happen and there's a there's a lot of science to the gut and being able to you know have a healed gut when i was uh, you know when i i'm not gonna say when i was an alcoholic i mean I, I tech i guess you're an alcoholic forever but when i had a problem with drinking um, excuse me i I did not have a healed gut and most of our serotonin is created in the gut, so that is a a thing. And um, I didn't have a healed gut. Like I didn't, I thought it was a myth that people pooped solid. Like I thought that was a myth. I was like, nah, people don't do that. Like that's, that can't be real. Like I really, I thought thought that was a myth because I hadn't had a solid poop in probably 10 years. So I was like, no, that's not, that doesn't actually exist. That's so stupid. Nope, it exists. People poop solid. I just had a really bad gut health. So, you know, just being able to get to that place took years. And you can't tell a person that doesn't have, that's just off the rails, oh, listen to your body. They don't know how. Like, they don't know how to do that. They need the masculine. And then to transition to the feminine. But both pieces are important. And both pieces are important in everything. So that's something that, that I... Um, I'm doing in day one and that's something I'm actually going to teach. I realized that Western minds want to be taught strategy and I went into it being like oh no we're going to have calls based on what's going on with your life which actually worked really well. The people in my group are making massive transformations. I also had personal relationships with all, with almost all of them when they were coming in. And I realized that it won't be that way forever. And because it won't be that way forever and because I won't be able to sustain, you know, having, giving away a lot of one-on-one time to kind of, to kind of help ease people into that mindset I've decided to create modules so as part of cohort number three there's going to be modules and that module is going to be the day one mindset I have some notes here written about it um, applied to different areas of your um, experience and day one applied to habit day one to applied to intention relationships upstream thoughts symptoms versus problems um, identity masculine feminine energy all of that is going to be explained in modules so that people coming in to the experience will be able to, um, I'm trying to level the playing field and allow people to be able to get some context that when they're on the calls with with the plank owners, my, my founding members and the members of cohort two, um, they will be able to understand the mindset and how we're approaching this and why we're doing what we're doing. So that's going to be a part of uh, cohort number three going forward, that more, um, that more paradoxical um, nature of existence, which we're not taught in schools, is going to be taught there. So that's the first thing that I'm doing, and the second thing I'm doing for cohort number three is I'm going to make it a uh, a set three months, and then following that, you'll have the option to enroll on a monthly uh, a monthly basis. So I'm going to put links to the information about joining day one our next cohort starts December 1st and I'm going to put all of that information in the show notes I would love for you guys to reach out to me if you have any questions if you've been listening to the podcast a long time so that that way you guys can uh, clear up and we can clear up anything that you're confused about but if you've been listening a long time you feel like it's for you this is the mindset that's allowed me to do just about everything that I've done over the last couple of years you know build my business um, build my body run multiple marathons you know get rid of bad habits smoking drinking like all of the stuff is all based in this mindset which is today is the only day be here now and that is a very bigger like broader eastern concept that doesn't so much live over here in the west very much we tend to think about things past present future here in the west which is not Um, conducive to any sort of growth it's because the future is fake and the past is over and and we we actually are just here now but that's a bigger broader uh, broader awareness which I don't I'm not going to get into in this episode so if you guys want to check out all of that information please do feel free to check out the information that I've put in the show notes of this episode. I would love for you guys to be joining me on December 1st. Everyone that's going to join Cohort 3 is going to come in at the same time. So that's going to be wonderful. You're going to be coming in with other people. I'm not going to enroll people like one by one so that everybody has different beginning and end dates. So check out the show notes. If you guys have questions, reach out to me. Andy, A-N-D-E-E at getthefuckoff.com. Thank you for being here for another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast, everybody. Um, if you have any, uh, if you're looking for additional resources, check out my website, getthefuckoff.com. You can subscribe to my emails at breakfree.getthefuckoff.com. I'm going to be back next Monday with another episode. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay safe, and stay beautiful.